What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is the four-man rush. Hello, Panther fans, and welcome to another Four Man Rush podcast. I'm your host, Timmy Vo, here with Kevin and Larry. Uh, Will's taking a sabbatical, but that's all right. We're going to keep on pressing. Um, so tonight, we're going to talk about a couple of topics. One being the uh, three day mini camp, um, how things went, and uh, some of the news that came out of that. Our new uh, addition, uh, wide receiver, uh, Mr. Hogan, and his comments about Cam and Tom and the comparison. No, not necessarily a, from a uh, you know throwing standpoint, but from a alpha standpoint, so to say. And of course, we're gonna talk about the uh, top five camp questions. Uh, Wofford's right around the corner, and you know there's some uh, couple of things that we want to answer questions about. You know things that have popped up in the, uh, the social media world. Uh, you, know, you know topics that we talked about between ourselves, things of that nature. So uh, we're gonna tackle all that today. All right, so <clears throat> let's start off with three-day minicamp. Um, a lot of good things came out of that, from everything from Cam's throwing motion to, well, the fact that he's throwing again, period, to, uh, you know, some some of the uh, the highlights that Coach Rivera's talking about. So uh, we'll start with uh, Larry. Welcome back to the Four Man Rush Podcast. What, what special things did you see or what things that, that really popped out to you uh, that you were really positive about uh, from the, this uh, three-day minicamp we had? Well, you know, uh, I particularly pay attention to the line of scrimmage, and it's really hard to get too much to take away from when it's only shorts, you know. But um, the fact that our young guys are working, um, getting fundamentally sound, I pay close attention to Greg Little. Um, from what little footage that we did get to see, it looks like he's progressing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest takeaway is the competition, you know, at that that. The offensive line goes, you know, Greg Van Roten said he's not giving up his spot. And I think when it comes to, you know, securing spots at All-Stars in training camp, how well are guys picking up the playbook, um, how fundamentally sound are guys being, so on and so forth. Also, some of the splash plays on the outside, you know, Curtis Samuel seems like he hasn't missed a beat. He's, you know, making those catches that, you know, we were in awe about last year. Um it just gets you more excited to go to Spartanburg. I want to see guys get get going. I want to see the pads come on so we can actually decide who's who. And uh, that's pretty much it on my behalf. Mm. Yeah, good points, man. Uh, Kevin, what do you what did you see uh, after this three day camp? Well, for me, out of the three day camp, some of the things that stood out to me was something that probably a lot of fans I didn't notice speak much about was how well all of our quarterbacks were performing. You know, with Cam Newton coming in, you know, recover from a sh- shoulder surgery and the drafting of Will Greer in the third round, it was just pretty much assumed that Will Greer was going to be, you know, the backup to Cam Newton. But uh, throughout OTAs and minicamp, veteran, well, I don't know if you want to call them veterans, but, you know, Kyle Allen and both Taylor Heineck both had very good showings for what it was in OTAs. And many camp, you know, Rivera had sang the praises of both players. Mm. You know, I remember reading several highlights where both Allen and Heineck were connected on deep passes, hitting players, you know, on crossing routes and, you know, just definitely giving a good show. So 
you know, also to be noted that guys like um, F.A. Obata and Brian Cox Jr. were also getting reps at the five technique uh, defensive end position in, in our three, four looks. So that's something to be noted as well. Um, it's being said, reported that Obata put on 15 pounds of muscle in the offseason. Mm. Now, I think that's a significant amount, if I'm not mistaken. I've never done that. You know, I've done eight, you know, 15 burgers in the offseason before, but I've never put on <laughs> 15 pounds of muscle in the offseason. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but it's just good to see that, you know, what we've been speaking on is player flexibility, and our players are showing ability in a 3-4, you know, playing five technique. Um, and they just the defensive ends and in a four three, still being able to play the the defensive ends on the outside edge of the tackles. So I just like the fact that our, our players so far are being moved around and it's just gonna be fun watching Rivera play chess finally on defense and being able to not only match up with teams but create matchup problems for offensive schemes as well. Are you surprised that uh you know, Gerald McCoy's leadership presence is felt already, you know, just out of three mini camp practices. Nah, not for me. You know, nah, one of really. the first plays they said that stood out was the fact that on a play where I guess McCaffrey kind of broke loose, you know, McCoy was running stride for stride, chasing after them downfield. And that just kind of drew a, a wool from everybody. Whoa. And McCoy's like, hey, man, that's how that's how I practice. You know, McCaffrey looked back and he said he saw McCoy chasing him you know, running stride with him, you know, and I was like, wow, that's, that's what's up. I mean, I mean, it's not necessarily a good thing, you know, to have your defensive tackle chasing the run back downfield. That means a busted play doesn't happen, but, you know, seeing that type of hustle, because as we all know, you know, you get three or four defenders to that, you know, to that ball carrier. If anything happens, you know, the odds are in our favor. So it's just good that McCoy is, is coming in and, you know, leading by example and, it was also pretty cool at the end of minicamp that he had uh, got the uh, ice cream truck, the <laughs> yeah. uh, ices for the players and the coaches and everybody. So, you know, overall, just just good to see him and his personality on field and off field be displayed during minicamp. Yeah, I, I love how uh, how comfortable he he feels already coming in there. You know, and just contributing like that, just gelling with everybody. He he mentioned that when he. Um, when he was at the uh, that dinner that that everybody showed up to, I think it was like eight players showed up. You know, the captains, you know, top dudes, and you know, it was, everybody just clicked off gate. You know, that's that's a beautiful thing, man. It's a beautiful thing. All right, so um, moving on to the uh, next topic, wide receiver, uh, uh, Mr. Hogan, Mr. Professional himself, had uh had some things to say about uh, Cam Newton and his willingness to win, and in comparison to one. G-O-A-T, Tom Brady. What what exactly did he say about that? I mean, I guess he was just, uh, he was asking questions and he was really just comparing, you know, how it was when he was playing with Tom Brady versus how it would be with Cam Newton. Obviously, the biggest thing that stands out is the competitive nature. I don't think that surprises any of us, you know. At the end of the day, my quarterback is 3-0 and against Tom Brady. So as far <laughs> as being competitive... You know, I know Cam is going to bring Facts. it just like Tom, but he was just really talking about the fiery attitude. That kind of stuff is contagious. So that kind of speaks volumes is uh, speaks volumes to the fact that, you know, he wants to win. Mm. And for you to win the Super Bowl, what's the first thing that counts? Everybody wants to win. You got to you gotta buy into what the process is. So I guess 
As far as that goes, leadership, competitiveness, he saw a lot of similarities to the two. I know he did bring up some Super Bowl talk. He was asked if, uh, you know, if he feels like he's on the Super Bowl roster. I like to temper those expectations. I still have a bad taste in my mouth from that year that, you know, Ryan Khalil came in camp all excited and predicted we were going to go ahead and win the Super Bowl. We didn't even have the season that we wanted to have that year. Mm-hmm. I just want everybody to stay grounded, stay focused on the task, and get better, you know, one step at a time. But it's good to hear those type of things from Chris Hogan because that does show you at least the culture is right, at least the culture is going in the right direction. And, you know, his perspective means a lot coming from a championship-caliber team. I think he even got two Super Bowls out of three playing with the Patriots. So, obviously, he knows what it takes starting from as far as many can, you know, to get the job done. Mm-hmm. What you think, Kev? Yeah, well, I think the fact that, you know, someone that spent three years with Tom Brady and has only spent, what, maybe a couple months here with Cam Newton during the uh, offseason and OTAs and minicamp, for him to, you know, make that type of comparison, I think that speaks volumes for, you know, Cam Newton. You know, like Larry said, <laughs> you know, his our quarterback was 3-0 against Tom whenever – Whenever it counted, uh, definitely we'd like to see that go to 4-0, you know, in a game in February. But, you know, we'll let the chips play out on that part. Man, yes. But, but yeah, I just like the fact that, you know, anybody that knows Cam Newton knows that competition, you know, takes his – takes him to a higher level that just ultimately brings out the best of him. I mean, one of the favorite gifts that all of us like to use is that one in 2015 – you know, when we playing the Giants and the Giants had just tied up the game and Cam had a towel on his head and he, he just nodded his head and like, okay, let's go do this. You know, that's that's killer Cam. That's ace boogie. You know, that's you know, that's money time right there. So I just think the fact that, you know, this comparison just shows all of us that even though Brady has all the hardware and he rightfully deserves it, that, you know, from a competitiveness standpoint, you know, Hogan feels like that Cam Newton is on the same level with Tom Brady when it comes to being competitive. And I think that says a lot. You know, it wasn't something that he was coached into saying just for, you know, just for publicity or anything like that. I think he was being honest and I think he was being um, unbiased and objectionable by saying it. So definitely good to hear. I think he also wanted to, you know, he can't tell us too much, but from what we know about our quarterback in comparison to Tom Brady, he's really crafty before the snap. You know, he's a cerebral type quarterback that a lot of people don't give him credit for. But as far as, you know, coming to the play, making line calls, you know, Clay Matthews had to rewind, remind the world that Cam Newton studies film as well. So just as far as the mental part of the game, people need to show more respect for Cam as far as being prepared. He prepares just like anybody else. So I think that might have something to do with the comparison too. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, definitely. That's something. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say, yeah, he, he Cam more is more of a cerebral player. It's just you know his his flamboyancy as, on the sidelines and how he how he carries himself kind of takes people away from that that image. But Cam Cam is dude. He's 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 football savvy, dude. He's, his IQ is pretty high. But you know that, that's that's all I wanted to say about that, Kevin. Go ahead. Yeah, and I, and I just want to say that even amongst you know some Panther fans, you. That we have that, you know, seem to have a perceived notion that, you know, Cam Newton is not as high football IQ as some of the greats of the game, such as the Brady's, the Breeze, the Rodgers, 
you know, and kind of very much annoys me, you know, because they look at the fact, oh, he ran a simplified offense, a one-read offense at Auburn and things like that. But let's not forget, you know, former offense coordinator, you know, Mike Shula even came out and said that it was Cam Newton who um, was showing and teaching him about the the two-minute no-huddle offense, you know, that we started running with effectiveness. And, you know, it's just – I just think the fact that, you know, due to Cam's, as you said, flamboyant style and, you know, former rep as, you know, kind of a, you know, crybaby or something when things don't go his way, I think people just automatically lump that in to think that he wasn't, you know, mentally on par with some of the elite quarterbacks of the game. And that's simply, you know, just not true, you know. So I just like the fact that this kind of demonstrates that, you know, on a cerebral level, Cam Newton is as good as any quarterback that's in the NFL right now. And uh, I look forward to his body being able to catch up with his mind in 2019. Yeah, and I've I've mentioned this quite a few times Um I know on social media and whatnot and in some discussions with folks that I used to work with, um, you know, Cam was not groomed to be a pocket passing quarterback. He never was. He didn't have to. Um, it, it was just out of, out of pure, you know, physical talent that he was able to toss that ball around like he like he did in Auburn and like he did in his rookie season when he just smashed records. Um, you, you know, he, he, and he... <laughs> And I'm still kind of irked about this, you know, the fact that, you know, Shula spent how many seasons was he with Cam? And Cam never really got better as a throwing quarterback. Well, I, I, excuse me, not, not Shula, but um, Dorsey, the, the supposed quarterback coach. I mean, it, it still bothers me to this day that we wasted that much time on Cam and, you know, we didn't get him the type of help that he needed to become a, a, a proficient passer. Just look at last season. A short amount of time, you know, with with surgery last season as well, his percentages were outstanding compared to what what they normally were. You know, not Drew Brees rate obviously, but Brees is a, is a unicorn in himself. But you know, Cam Cam was really on par last season with just that little bit of help uh, from from the new coaching staff. So, you know, I'm 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 really excited for Cam, man. I'm really excited. If he can stay, if he can stay healthy, boy, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be trouble. That speaks volumes about Mr. Scott Turner, man. Yeah, absolutely. You know, his dad is a great, he's been around North Turner, but people forget he also spent some time at Michigan with Harbaugh, another quarterback guru. Mm-hmm. So if you pay attention, you know, he helped Teddy Bridgewater progress. And like, I, like you said, I agree with you because there was, there's so much room for growth with Cam that we're finally getting to see. We've only got a taste of it for about one season. So definitely, you know, we I do feel a little bit bad that we wasted so much time as we did as well. But on an optimistic point, maybe we will see the best of Cam because, you know, most people in this party right now don't think that we have. Even with the MVP season, we still think the best of Cam is yet to come. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and just to throw this, and just to throw this out here real quickly, guys, I just put up some stats, you know, just to – you know, kind of support what we're saying about Cam Newton. Yeah, sure. Through Cam, yeah, through Cam Newton's first eight years of his um, career, it says here that for the first eight years of any quarterback's career that's ever played in the NFL, here's what Cam Newton ranks among all quarterbacks that's ever played at least eight years or more in the NFL. Cam Newton is first in rushing yards, first in rushing touchdowns, 
first in total touchdowns, third in total yards, fourth in total completions, fifth in passing yards, ninth in passing TDs, and 13th in total wins. So, you know, for all that can be said about the good and bad of Cam Newton, you know, deserve it and undeservedly so, you know, his first eight years have been nothing short of, you know, spectacular as far as total cumulative, you know, summary of his overall body of work. You know, and I just think the fact that he did it unconventional and he did it his way, you know, for the most part until North got here to, you know, change some things around. Um, this speaks volumes for all those who think that Cam Newton is not capable of being, you know, one of the great cerebral quarterbacks in the league. You know, you just don't get those type of numbers, you know, by being just okay or or average, you know, minded quarterback. Mm. That's all I had to say. And what, what was the uh, source of those stats, uh, Kevin? Yeah, uh, the source of those stats here uh, comes from uh, NFL.com. Uh, it was on Twitter, a guy named Sideline Mike. Gotcha. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's where the source of information came from. Yeah. Yeah, just to let you know, fans, um, and all you listeners out there, we don't just put out information just for the hell of it, okay? We always bring you statistics that are relevant, all right? And we try to cite everything that we put out there. Um, we don't want to just be a bunch of talking heads, all right? This this is this is the four-man rush, and, and, and dadgummit, we're about football <laughs> and facts. Uh, factual, logical, credible. Remember that. Yes, sir. All right, so moving on to the uh, the last uh, item on the menu today. Um, questions going into with the old Wofford. Woo, man! I can't wait for Wofford. Man, this is gonna be interesting. It's gonna be a lot of gonna be a lot of hitting going on, man. Especially in those trenches, man. It's gonna be interesting. Oh, buddy, buddy, buddy. Um, so top five questions, Kev. Well, uh, do you have five questions that you want to talk about, or? Did you uh did you have five five of your own and, and Larry have five? Yeah, I, I kind of have my own five. You know, okay. there's plenty to go around, so I I, I doubt me and <laughs> me and Larry are gonna have the same five. But if we do, great minds think alike. Right on. Um, you know, for me, here's my top five. You know, um, number one, you know, and the obvious main one. You know, will Cam Newton's not only sh- healthy shoulder but new throwing motion have enough time to jail to be ready for week one against the Rams. Mm. You know, that's obviously the, you know, the biggest elephant in the room to discuss right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two for me is how these positions on the offensive line are going to play out, not only, you know, with the starting five, but also key rotational depth as well. You know, we're looking at the fact that, you know, last year's starting left guard, Greg Van Roten, has already made it known, you know, you're not going to just give my spot away. You're going to have to take it from me. And I like the, I like that. So, you know, Daryl Williams, I know he didn't participate much, but it's going to take him playing on an all-pro level like he did in 2017 to pretty much earn his spot on the line. Again, with position flexibility, you know, I know it's – thinking that we're going to automatically start little at left tackle. But, hey, we, we just don't know how the, how the starter five is going to end out because players are going to get moved around and we're going to see. Third question for me heading to camp is, you know, 
what's the status of Greg Olson in 2019? You know, he's 34 years old. Uh, his last two seasons have been hampered by, you know, foot injury. One was a broken bone. The other was uh, plantar fasciitis. Mm. And I just want to see how at the age of 34, how he can bounce back. Now, they said he was snagging everything in camp with one hand and two. I mean, in uh, OTAs and minicamp. Again, helmet and shorts, I can only get so impressed. But to see him out there and, you know, not having any discomfort, not being set out of any periods due to any type of soreness, you know, that was a good sign. So uh, my, my third question is definitely about, you know, what Greg Olson is going to bring uh, to the table in uh, 2019. Uh, number four, my fourth question about training camp is between this hybrid look of 3-4 uh, looks and 4-3 looks with these different philosophies, you know, how these defensive line rotations going to turn out? You know, you're going to have guys that, quote-unquote, start the position, but then you got to have guys that's going to rotate. So when we're in a three-man front, you know, it's pretty much assumed that it's going to be Poet, Nose Tackle, McCoy, and um, Kawan Short at the uh, the the other defensive line spots, the uh, defense ends. But who the guys is going to be coming behind them? You know, I want to see what Vernon Butler's going to do. Uh, Cal Love, you know, uh, as I mentioned earlier, F.A. Obata and Brian Cox, you know, they've getting looks at the five techniques. So I want to see, you know, how this defensive line rotation comes out. And my fifth question, something that hasn't been mentioned much, I want to see how much our special teams are going to improve. You know, we had a strong bounce back year in 2018 with our special teams with the first-year coordinator Chase Blackburn running the units. I, I want to see if we can improve upon that from a kicking and punting aspect and coverage aspect um, this is something, these are the five questions that's on my mind heading into Camp Walford. Interesting. I got some similar ones. For one, definitely Cam's throwing motion. Um, you know, with uh, shorts and helmets, you know, you got to see a little bit of what he had to offer. But I think once that pads actually come on, how will he uh, adjust to that? You know, it's a little bit different throwing with shoulder pads on than it is not having shoulder pads on. Two is a pretty funny one, but I think anybody that's been down there understands why I'm asking this question. But how hot is it going to be in Spartanburg this year, you know? <laughs> I think I sweated through a couple of shirts last time I went down there, so that's something that I'm, you know, eager to get prepared for. Uh, three, the safety competition. Um, I know Ron mentioned last week that, you know, he didn't actually say it like, you know, this is Rashawn Golden's job. He hasn't given him anything yet. He wants to see what other guys are going to step up and bring competition to that position. And I'm also intrigued to find out as well. Uh, four is what I actually have to go to Spartanburg to see for myself, being the, you know, the hog molly lover that I am. I want to see how the trenches play out. I want to see if Greg Little has the physicality to actually run block on this level. We won't be able to see that until pads come on. Um, I want to see what Gerald McCoy has as far as, you know, why was he able to come here? Why did the Bucks release him? Is there any question marks as far as what he's capable of doing? I just want to make sure he's in shape, still capable of being an effective DT as he was in years past. And I also want to see what the rookies have to offer. You know, pads, come on. What is Brian Burns going to give you off the edge? Has he learned how to give you a bull rush? Because we always we already knew he had the fast first step. But physically, can he put it all together? And these are just some little things that you can actually see for yourself. If you come down to Spartanburg and watch these guys in the trenches closely, 
And that's pretty much it for me, man. It's the things that you couldn't get answered in minicamp as far as physicality in the trenches, Cam's real throwing motion once pads come on and stuff like that. So, and I'll see you guys in Spartanburg. Yeah, listeners out there, if, you ha- if you're going to hand down the Wofford, man, make sure you look for the four-man rush. I know for sure Larry and Kevin will be there. Uh, will has talked about coming up. Um, I myself will not be there. Uh, but Monty, uh, we'll see, Monty. I don't, know. I, don't know. I don't know. Monty got some things going on. But um, um, I have a, I have, I think I have five questions. That's somewhat different from you guys, but um, one thing for sure, obviously, again, like like you guys mentioned, is the, is the throwing motion with his pads on. Uh, that's 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 gonna be it's gonna be interesting to me. Um, I, he he seems to be throwing okay, and everything seems to be working in order, but. You know, you know, when you start getting getting a little pressure and you start getting you know, getting in the pocket and you got guys flying at, you. we'll see we'll see if he if he maintains that throw motion that he, that he's been working on. Um, another one is the uh, the new center that we acquired, um, was, was Pilardis. Yeah, Matt Paradis. Thank you. Um, I just want to make sure that he stays healthy, man. If he, if he can stay healthy after 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 that surgery that he had and um, he can really produce for that O line and everybody everybody can communicate on. It. On the, on the on the same page and you know everything fluid um I'm, that'll be awesome but you know that, that is a question mark you know you know how things freak things happen another question my third question is um how how is Shaq Thompson going to pan out um I know I know he's he's comfortable running a 4-3 but I don't think he's ever really pl- I mean well yeah they they've implemented some 3-4 uh schemes and um things of that nature um with with linebackers and I, I'm pretty sure that he's comfortable with the lingo and how how Coach Rivera is running things, but um, no no TD. You know this this is uh, this is his season, so I'm 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 curious about how he's going to pan out. Um, question number four is going to be who the hell is going to back up Cam? <laughs> that's that's a question that's that's been in my mind. Um, I know Will Greer is is nice. He got a nice he got a nice throw, um, but you know. We got we got two guys that that played behind Cam that stuck stuck their necks out last year and you know one of them got a win against the Saints so I mean it's I'm 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 really curious about that and my my last question will will be um um how's how's this coaching staff going to pan out um you know Rivera's doing the coordinator thing full time for the first time um and you know we got some new assistant coaches, position coaches, things of that nature. And uh, I'm really curious of, uh, how these guys are going to respond in terms of um, learning and being motivated, from, and, you know, and, you know, because that, that, that hampered us last year. Um, we lost some close games last year because our, our coaching staff apparently um, was, was lacking and getting some of these veterans motivated, things of that nature. So I'm curious about, about that, man. Those are, those are my five. Those are my five, but yeah. I mean, your five are pretty much the most important questions that nobody's asking. You know, the coaching staff is extremely important. We want to see how well Pharaoh's going to adjust and gel with our DBs. Mm. We got a game uh, a clock manager now. We want to see how that's going to work out. Um, I completely agree with you, man. Those are really, really important things to consider going into training camp because you want to see how this whole staff is going to gel. Yeah, man. That, that worries me a little bit, man. You know, what – under a minute on the clock, you know, you got one timeout, we're on offense, marching down the field. You know, it, it's just it's so many things can happen in that scenario. So, but yeah, yeah, that's, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, that, that worries me. That worries me. But we'll see. We'll see. 
So you guys have any, uh, any closing remarks? Yeah, I'd just like to uh, also, you know, we've got a last few minutes here to bring this up. You know, um, it was mentioned by cornerback James Bradbury that in 2019 that the Panthers are going to be playing a lot more man coverage in the secondary. And I, for one, excuse me, fellas, <laughs> I'm applauding that, like, for yeah. real, because when you look at the skill set of the guys that's playing our secondary, particularly our cornerbacks, their, their natural strength or what they're best at is man man coverage, bump and run. Mm-hmm. You know, this is my guy. I'm locking onto him, and, you know, that's nothing you can do about it. Yep. Now, obviously, we're not going to be all man. You know, Kobe still got some good zone philosophies that work. But, you know, the fact that Bradbury mentioned that, you know, we're going to be playing a lot more man coverage in 2019. I love that because one thing that I noticed during the film watching of the 2018 season was that when Rivera took over, I started seeing a lot more coverage um, of man coverage going on, bump and run coverage. A few times some cover zero where (laughs) Rivera just like, I'm locking everybody up and I'm blitzing, you know, I'm sending the house. So it was definitely, uh, definitely something that I'm, I'm encouraged to see and, and looking to see more of, you know, particularly when teams come out in these spread formations and they got tight ends, running backs and wide receivers spread out. Okay. We're going to man up. Okay. You got this one. You got this one. You got this one. Let's lock it down. And I think that we finally got the personnel that can match up to these different complex offensive schemes that are that have hampered us over the past few years so definitely looking forward to um to seeing that in in 2019 and with this being Bradbury's fourth year his final year of his rookie contract uh don't be surprised if you know a new contract is given to him right before the season starts you know I think that from mistakes learned from the past particularly with Josh Norman heading into a fourth season you know it would uh it would serve as well to go ahead and uh, lock Bradbury up because if he's gonna be playing to his main strength, which is man coverage, and God forbid that head done turned around from Perry Fowell getting on him and he snags in four to six interceptions this year, oh that price tag is going up. And I for one will hope that we can get him uh at a fair price now versus what the bidding wars would be for him if we decide to wait to after the season. So. You know, that's just my uh, closing remark with um, man coverage and uh, with James Bradbury in 2019. I'll add on to that briefly because I remember a time where we couldn't come up with zero coverage because you couldn't trust the guys on the outside not to get beat. Yeah, man. You know, for years we had to sit back and cover three because we couldn't trust the guys not to get beat. Now you're looking at two outside corners where that's their strength. You know, Bradbury loves to be up in somebody's face. Dante Jackson loves to be up in someone's face because he has that recovery ability that nobody else really has. So he can take some chances. We can get more turnovers. But it's just (laughs) three years ago, we couldn't do this. So I agree with you, Kevin. I'm 100% excited about that, that we can actually come out and press more. That gives us more opportunities to blitz and we not have to worry about getting beat because we finally have the athleticism on the back end to recover if needed. You know, can't really come out and say secondary is the weakest link right now, except for maybe the unknown at safety. And that might not even be the case. But when you look at the whole the whole body, you know, Dante Jackson, 
James Bradbury and Eric Reed roaming that deep end. This is the best secondary we've had. So man coverage yeah. screams success to me. But that's all I had to add to that. Yeah, I agree, man. This, 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 folks, this could potentially be the best coverage secondary we've ever had. I mean, I'm serious, top to bottom. This, this could potentially be the best coverage secondary we've ever had. Um, could that be because of the front four or front three or whatever? Possibly, but skill set for skill set. What, what Larry, what Larry mentioned, folks, these guys can cover. These guys can cover. And matter of fact, uh, Rivera, just real quick, Rivera mentioned um, when uh, Coach Wilkes was still here. I, you know, I believe Bradbury was a yeah, rookie. Um, and you know, he said Coach Wilkes likes to get in front of the in front of the DBs. You know, to understand the, the type of the type of power they got in that punch when when uh, when they're trying to jam a receiver. He said he had a bruise on his chest for a while. Bradbury got some heavy hands. You know what I'm saying? I, I suggest you listeners if you can go go check out um, some of the film that, uh, that that's out there, or videos out there on, on uh, Bradbury. I believe uh, we'll put one together. Bradbury will jam the mess at you, right? He'll 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 shake you, he'll shake you loose a little bit. So, boy, woo! This is gonna be a good year. It's gonna be a good year. The receiver core, I don't know. We're young, we're hungry, but I don't know. We'll see. But that defense, whew. Hot the mighty. <laughs> yeah, and I and I think that's gonna go well in practice in the week. You know, both sides facing the type of talent that we're gonna put out there. You know, we're talking about the. You know, we like to say amongst ourselves, iron sharpening iron. Yes, sir. You know, how often is our offensive line and is gonna see this type of talent on a weekend and week out basis on all levels? You know, you you're potentially talking about multiple Pro Bowlers on all three levels of the defense. You know, yeah. you know type of capability. And on the vice versa, you know, when our defense got to get ready, I mean, <laughs> you know, we got some we got some guys that can shake and bake and slice and dice. And, <laughs> you know, we can also just muscle up and just punch you dead in your throat. So I Very think good. that uh, practices are, are probably could be more tougher during the week than what we see on Sundays on some days. So I, I definitely look forward to that as well. Amen, man. Amen. Y'all think we're going to get a camp fight? And if so, who? <laughs> I think it's gonna be on the front, man. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be one little, little going. He gonna he gonna scrap with somebody. Little gonna scrap with somebody because somebody gonna catch him. <laughs> I see it. Somebody gonna catch him. That's too much. That's too much savvy on that DN DN group, man. They, they, yeah, he gonna catch his. He might get a little frustrated. I don't know. I agree. Man. I That's something to think about. <laughs> Yo, I, I I think Dante Jackson might, you know, cause that's. That man got mouth, and he likes to back it up. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if if him and Samuel don't, you know, you know, you know, have a nice exchange, you know, things like that. You know, Bradbury, you know, he he all quiet, he all works. I don't expect enough from him, but mm-hmm. you know, somebody like a Dante Jackson and a and a Samuel, you know, you talking about what four three guys? You know, both of them want to lay claim as the fastest one. I mean, you know, call a nine route and 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 talk some smack and, and see what happens when the play is over. Mm. You know, I mean, hey, <laughs> I'm ready. No oh, man. Well, you know, I only asked that question because <laughs> last time we had a legit fight in camp, you know what happened? Man, we went to the Super Bowl, so I think we need a little oh, bit yeah. of that fire. Hell yeah, <laughs> we need some of that fire this year. So I'm actually. You know, it sucks to say that, but I'm hoping for a fight. That's I know it's not hockey, but, you know, I think we need some of that intensity. That's one of my favorite memes, man. 
That's one of my favorite memes right there, Cam and Cam, Cam and Josh, man. <laughs> what did he call him? I can't <laughs> a pissant or something like that. <laughs> so, something silly, man. Something silly. Had him hemmed oh, up. Oh man. Oh man, yeah, good times, man, good times. That's all right. We'll we'll, uh, rec- we'll uh, recreate history. Uh, maybe we'll have, we'll have a different ending, a better ending this time. But uh, yeah. Well, all right, Panther Nation. Thanks for joining us for another podcast. Uh, this is your host Timmy Vo, and I hope you guys enjoyed listening to uh, Larry and Kevin and uh, myself We're talking about our Panther uh, Panther news. And uh, gosh, I can't wait to offer it. But um, yeah. Thanks again for dropping by, folks. And as always, keep pounding. She love it. We out in public and we can just chill with my partners and we can go back to my crib and just chill out the covers and do we call me and you love us because I the Foreman Rush is brought to you by the love and respect of and for the Carolina Panthers and Carolina Panther fans everywhere. Keep pounding. The Four Men Rush is a non-affiliate of the Carolina Panther organization. All thoughts, assessments, and content of this podcast is directly related to the Four Men Rush exclusively. Thank you. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.